So this is the thanks I get for working overtime. OVERTIME! You think you know me. And here we go. Live from the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios, it's overtime with William Pattison, Jace Brown, and Dawson Wise joining you on a very busy Tuesday <laughs> in the news cycle revolving around the Tennessee Volunteers. I promise you we will get into it um, in the second half of this hour. We want to make sure we cover uh, the Tennessee game tonight before as that tips off at 6.30. Um, 865-546-8200, your number if you want to hop in and join our conversation about the game tonight and also about the uh, news that dropped today. I guess we'll just phrase it as that and until we uh, get into it. But, um, uh, guys, a lot to stay tuned for on this episode. Um, best bets at the end of the hour. We'll also cover um, the news today uh, later on in this hour. But we begin today with Tennessee battling the Cox in Knoxville. Uh, the fifth-ranked Tennessee Volunteers return home to take on South Carolina tonight at Food City Center. Uh, Tip-off is slated for 6.30 p.m. Uh, the matchup features the Vols, who come into this game at 15-4 and and 5-1 and in SEC play, who are coming off a road win against Vanderbilt on Saturday. And the Gamecocks. 17 and 3 on the year, 5 and 2 in the SEC, uh, defeated Missouri 72 to 64 on Saturday. Uh, one of the most surprising teams in college basketball, one of the most surprising teams in the SEC this year in, in South Carolina. Uh, the Vols come into tonight's contest on a huge hot streak. We've all been covering it. We all know about it. The average margin of victory for the Volunteers and their five-game series winning streak is 29.4 points per game with a, uh, with each decision by 20-plus points. Really impressive stuff there. Uh, meanwhile, South Carolina has been one of the most surprising teams in the SEC this season, boasting a signature win over 10th-ranked Kentucky just a week ago. Uh, we'll give our quick Kimpom breakdown. Uh, Tennessee ranks fourth overall, 19th in adjusted offense, second in adjusted defense. South Carolina, 53rd overall, 59th in adjusted offense, and 57th in adjusted defense. Uh, guys, we'll bring you in here. What are the keys for the Vols to continue their hot streak and slow down the ascending Gamecocks? A few things. Number one <clears throat> is defend home court. Uh, you play better at home. We, we've known that about this team for a while now. Uh, you play with a lot of energy at home. Uh, should be now, especially after the day we've had a very raucous crowd at Food City Center, I would imagine, uh, making that environment especially uh, unplayable for South Carolina tonight. So use that energy, uh, fly around, make plays, use that crowd to your advantage, put the game out of reach, set the tone early, uh, and get this one under your belt and take care of business. After that, 
aggressive defense. Be aggressive. Uh, this team is best when they are aggressive on the defensive end of the floor. Fly around, make plays, make them make mistakes. Uh, notably against Alabama, you did that. Uh, you kept Alabama from scoring early, and you set the tone, never look back. Do that again tonight. Should be very easy to take care of business. Uh, against the South Carolina team, it's good, surprising. Uh, but again, nothing too special. Nothing you shouldn't be able to take care of on home floor. And then my third thing is don't try to do too much. We talked yesterday about Dalton Connect and the race for SEC Player of the Year. Don't force it. You don't have to force it. We talked yesterday a lot about just do what you've been doing, do what you do best, uh, keep the ball in the hands of your playmakers, yeah, but don't force it to connect trying to get him an award tonight um, on home floor. Just do what you do. Go out and win the ball game. That's your ultimate goal is to win basketball games. The rest will take care of itself. Yeah, the one thing uh, you already hit on it was just how we kind of played against Bama. I mean, we were very uh, on-ball defense. I mean, we were, we were swarming all the ball handers. We forced Mark Sears into uh, like a – season high like seven turnovers or something like that so I think that uh, needs to be an emphasis tonight uh, we can't really let uh, their three-point shooters we're going to get into that a little bit later uh, really can't let them get hot because we saw some guys like uh, Taylor Cooper go for 20 points against Kentucky which I'm not sure that he's done too much this year uh, second thing I had uh, get the role players involved like we have been these last couple weeks uh, take that scoring pressure off of Dalton connect uh, kind of levels out the playing field get everybody involved I think that's going to be pretty key tonight for the Vols. Yeah, Vols are 10-0 at home this season. Really good number they, there. They play well at home, and you're back at home tonight after a little road trip. Um, an opportunity to get another key win against a, a very good team um, that has had a, had a really good start to the season and a yeah. really good start to SEC conference play. So playing at home, it's your job now to make sure you neutralize that run and, and handle business. Um, we talked about it yesterday. The SEC is very competitive. Wins like these and opportunities like these, like you have tonight, are vital if you want to be the the champion by the end of the season. So handle business at home. That's the first key. Uh, second off, Don Connect. Just got to keep on doing what he's been doing. Don't force him into taking shots and don't force him into trying to hit 40-plus points or trying to hit an award, like you said. Um, just play his game like he has been. He's been doing a great job on both ends. Um, just last last Saturday, three blocks, a career high for him. I like him getting it done defensively as well. That's another uh, wrinkle he's adding. So just continuing to get better and continuing to play how he's been playing. Um, and, and Santiago Vescovi, Jordan Ganey, Josiah Jordan-James. I think for James, this is his opportunity tonight to kind of get back involved, back on his home court. Um, we've seen a, a great couple of games from Vescovi and Ganey. Now let's get Josiah Jordan-James back involved mm -hmm. as well. So getting some of these guys back in rhythm for Vescovi and Ganey, continuing that, winning at home, making sure you handle business at home, and getting Dalton Connect involved like he has been. And, and, and just don't force anything. Let them play. And I, I think the Vols will be just fine. Um, over the last two games, you know, I just harped on Vescovi and Ganey. Uh, Jordan Ganey, 25, and Santiago Vescovi, 22, have combined for 47 points. And this is a, a totally different version of them from the first four games of the SEC schedule. Uh, Ganey only had three points. Vescovi only had 21, uh, combined for 24 in those four contests. Um, so now that they've kind of gotten their rhythm going, what can we expect for them tonight? I, I have two things. Number one is just continued success. Getting these guys back to form is huge. Uh, they've done it over the past couple weeks. I expect them to continue to do it tonight uh, and have a lot of points on the board, You know, double digits from each of them, I think is probably something we can expect. This is not an incredible defensive team in South Carolina, so you'll be able to move the ball down the floor. You'll be able to get the ball around to your scores. So continued success, I think, is, is going to help a lot. And the second thing for me is veteran presence. 
Uh, with them coming back to form, they can now retake that veteran role, um, both being a little bit more experienced players. Obviously, Vescovy has been in plenty of these big SEC games before. Um, and if this game tonight were to get hairy, if South Carolina were to make it a game, uh, or if the crowd were to, you know, the energy were to get to be too much for some of these guys that haven't been in these some of these moments before, those guys can kind of say, hey, calm down, you know, let's play our game and get back to it. And I think that's going to be huge uh, as well out of those guys tonight. Yeah, one thing for me for uh, Vescovy is, uh, you know, he, he's been kind of like that runaround guy these last couple of years, get guys open, uh, take shots when he can. So I think he needs to uh, emphasize that. He's been doing that pretty well this year, uh, hasn't been taking as many shots as we've seen over, especially compared to last year. He's been uh, a little bit hesitant. I think sometimes he needs to put those up uh, because I think he's a confident shooter enough to be able to take those shots and make them when he needs to. So I think uh, better – like. I guess more loose shot selection from him tonight. I, I think he can let it loose tonight. Uh, and for some reason tonight, I was I was thinking about this whenever you sent the notes. Uh, I was just thinking like we haven't had a real like scoring drought like we're used to seeing from this team. So I think we're kind of do that. Uh, so if if that does come about, I think Ganey uh, goes out and revives the offense, uh, puts in a few points off the bench. I think he can bring us out of it if it does come to that. Yeah, I just want to see confidence. You know, coming off two really good games, back at home where you've played really well, home fans involved. Uh, for Vescovi, this is the same court he's played on for, what, five seasons now. Ganey's yeah. still a little bit newer to the scene. But just confidence. Playing at home, um, look, getting the opportunity to play a pretty good South Carolina team. Um, but just have confidence in your shots. Have confidence in, in, in the decisions you make. And I think that's all you can ask for. It doesn't always have to go in. But I like to see just confidence in shooters that, look, Steph Curry misses a, a, shots, a bunch of shots. He goes through droughts, but um, he can always bounce back. And Viscovi and Ganey both had some droughts. Now they're getting a little bit of confidence back, another opportunity to get a good confidence booster tonight. All I want to see from them is confidence. Even if the shots don't go in, I just want to see confidence. Um, the Gamecocks, let's head to them now, um, are led by guard Michi Johnson and forward B.J. Mack. Uh, Johnson is averaging 15.7 points per game on 42% shooting from the field and 35% from three. Uh, Mack is the 6'8 threat down low for the Cox, averaging 14 a night and five rebounds. Now, uh, I think it's fair to ask this because the Vols have struggled against teams with high production from the opposing team's bigs. You know, uh, we saw Tolu Smith for Mississippi yeah, mm -hmm. State cause a lot of problems. Obviously, those games early in the year against Zach Eady and Hunter Dickinson, we had some problems there. Uh, what do the Vols need to do to counter that attack of having a guy um, on the opposing side down low uh, used, uh, used highly in production? A few things. Number one is just play sound defense. You know, Do, do what we've been doing. Uh, I think you've gotten good defense down low for most of the season. We've seen him struggle, but this is another opportunity um, to improve that defense on that end. Um, for a guy like Jonas Adu especially, you're going to be the matchup down low at the rim, so you're looking at him. This is another opportunity for him to grow in that regard um, and have a good outing, so just play sound. Don't get in foul trouble. Be physical, but don't go over the top. Just you know, He's going to score points. We know the threat that he brings. Um, but just trying to minimize his production, that's one of them. Control the pace of the game is something I have as well. Don't turn this into a track meet uh, on the offensive side because that's where lanes open up on the defensive end. You're running up and down the floor. These quick plays unfold. All of a sudden, B.J. Max got eight points in a row because mm -hmm. they're just passing to him down low, and we're not set up defensively. Uh, you're missing assignments when that happens, so just slow the game down. Keep the game at your pace on your home floor. Uh, that kind of goes along with setting the tone. And the last thing I have is erase their perimeter opportunities. And I know mm -hmm. we're going to talk about this in a minute, uh, but take away everything else. You know, Make that – Make their only play to go down low to B.J. Mack, to drive to the rim. 
uh, make them go inside, um, and you have more opportunities to play good defense down there. If you take away those other chances, you can shade inside, play the inside game, and play really good defense. I think if you can get B.J. Mack out from under the basket for the most part and sort of like make him dribble, uh, make him handle the ball a little bit more, that's where mistakes from big men usually happen. So I think if uh, Adu and Awaka and Estrella, if he does get in, uh, if they can force him out of the paint, get him in more of like a mid-range situation, make him have to make a decision on that part, uh, I think I think that'll work pretty well. Uh, also have to be the most physical team out there because, I mean, yeah. B.J. Mack is not a small human being. He's a good, like, 6'8", 6'9", like 270, 280. I mean, he's he's not a small guy in any capacity. So I think uh, forcing him uh, or just be, beating down on him on defense and uh, making him uh, make tough shots or take tough shots, I think that's really going to uh, swing the way for the Vols. And I think, like you said, uh, like we're about to hit on, uh, Take the perimeter out of it. Don't let him uh, have an outlet pla- outlet pass whenever he needs one. Take that. Take those passing lanes away. Uh, keep the ball in his hands. I think we'll be all right. Yeah, eight six five five four six eight two zero zero. Your number if you want to hop in and join our Tuesday night edition of Overtime. Uh, to me, I think first off you've got to stay out of foul trouble. Hmm. Every time Tennessee has gotten in trouble this year, it's been foul related. Um, so when you've got a guy down low in South Carolina and BJ Mack that's going to be physical. Um, you've got to be able to stay out of foul trouble. That's hands up on the shots, not putting them down, um, and, and just being disciplined. So I want to see disciplined and, and staying out of foul trouble. And I think the rest of the game will come naturally after that. Um, so I, I just think if you harp on those two things, being disciplined, staying out of foul trouble, Tennessee's a good enough team to be able to find a way to win defensively, um, and, and they've shown it all year. Second in adjusted defense in the Kempom rankings, uh, they've proven themselves. Um, but South Carolina does have a pair of guards that shoot over 39% from three, and that's Talon Cooper and Miles Stute. Um, look, we've seen a couple times this season where opposing teams have gotten a lot of open opportunities against Vanderbilt on Saturday. Uh, a lot of open opportunities in the corner. Um, Alabama did a really good job of countering their attack of their kind of three and um, high-paced uh, fast break kind of play style. Um, but we've also seen times against Illinois at home this season where Illinois didn't make them necessarily, but they had a lot of open ones. We all remember the North Carolina game. Um, we and, and also the Georgia game as well just a couple weeks ago. A lot of open shots. Um, you can't allow South Carolina to get hot on the road. Um, so will the Vols be able to nerf perimeter scoring tonight? Hopefully, I would, I would think. That was going to be my answer, was hopefully. Yeah. Uh, against Alabama, I think is your best effort all year against perimeter shooting. Uh, mm-hmm. If you replicate that effort, you're obviously going to be able to shut those guys down. They don't have a Mark Sears on their team, at least that level of production. Um, so, you want to erase their plays. You you want to play aggressive defense. It goes back to flying around, making plays, forcing bad shots. I think that's what you did so well against Alabama. Mm-hmm. You just made them take really bad looks at the basket, frustrated them on defense, especially outside. Do that again tonight. You'll be successful uh, against a, a perimeter shooting team that, again, is not as good as Alabama. Yeah. Uh, stay on assignment. Don't get caught on a switch. Again, I think that comes down to the game kind of staying at your own pace as well. Um, just keeping the pace of the game down, not making it a track meet, stay on your assignments, play fundamentals, um, and you'll be okay there. And then my last thing was I think this is where the veterans could could be a, a big part. 
uh, Vescovy, uh, Triple J, Zakai Ziegler. They've been here for a long time. They know the style of defense we play. They know how to lock down perimeter shooters. They're going to be big in a game like this to go out there. They, they're going to hit their assignments. They're going to be able to lock those guys down. You want to see them succeed, and I think you'll succeed at knocking down the perimeter tonight. Yeah, I, I think if you want to pull away in this game, I think you definitely have to emphasize keeping uh, the perimeter closed up. Like you said, uh, a big night from those veteran guys that uh, have been known for their defense in their tenure here do need to step up big tonight. Again, you can't really let uh, – Taylor Cooper, I don't even know how to say his first name. I apologize, but I mean he's like he can heat up sometimes. I mean, again, he had 20 points against Kentucky just out of nowhere, uh, and Stute finally getting back for him is kind of big. But uh, I think they also need to make Michi Johnson a non-factor because I mean at Mizzou he didn't score a point. Uh, now he was out on the floor for a good about 30 minutes, uh, so I think taking him out of uh, a scoring threat, I think that can do wonders for this team. Yeah, I think you know you've got the personnel in, in, in place to be able to stop the three pointer. I think it also helps you're playing at home. Um, shooting on the roads a lot more difficult than shooting uh, at home. So I think Tennessee, with the crowd involved, a lot of hype around the program right now. I think that plays into your field house well. Um, but then it also comes down to X's and O's, and it's more so just closing out and getting shot contest. It's it's switching and and moving. Uh, when you know the defense or when the offense is trying to to throw you off, um, and I think Tennessee at times has done a really good job of that, and other times you're like, come on, uh, where, where's this discipline? So um, I, no open shots, man. Uh, look, if it's a contested shot goes in, that's all you can do. But you can't have open ones in the corner and open ones on the wing because there's a lack of communication and a, a lack of awareness of what South Carolina or any team's trying to do. So um, playing at the playing at the uh, Food City Center helps, but it's also going to come down to X's and O's and just communicating and making sure you're getting shot contest and there are no open looks. Um, so about 13, uh, now 11 minutes away from tip-off at Food City Center, uh, Dondi Plowman, was just recognized. I was just about to bring uh, that up. Yeah. I saw that. You got a standing ovation yeah, already. Standing ovation for Donnie Plowman. We'll dive more into Good. that here in the next segment. Um, but the Vols in South Carolina set to tip off in about 11 minutes. Well, when we come back, we'll talk about the Big Orange. Are they possibly in big trouble? We'll discuss here on Overtime. Making a better vodka soda ain't rocket science. You just got to start with a better vodka. And then voila, you get White Claw Vodka Soda. Your taste buds are about to get a PhD in deliciousness. JB Smooth only drinks vodka soda made with the world's smoothest vodka. Try the all-new White Claw Vodka Soda. Pick up a variety pack of their four delicious flavors. Only 100 calories, 4.5% alcohol, and 2 grams of sugar. White Claw Vodka Soda. Please drink responsibly. Are you ready to elevate your driving experience? Then you need to head over to your hometown dealership, Parkside Kia, home of the lifetime warranty. Discover the latest Kia cars and SUVs where technology meets style. Our friendly staff is here to make your car buying experience a breeze. Don't wait. Visit Parkside Kia today and drive home in the Kia of your dreams. Check them out online at parksidekia.com and visit their showroom at 9929 Parkside Drive. Parkside Kia. 
where your journey begins. Rogers Utility Solutions, a division of Rogers Hydrant Service, is a family-run Tennessee-based business since 2015. Now serving municipalities and residences in 14 states, Rogers offers fire hydrant flow testing, distribution flushing, and maintenance programs in accordance with ISO standards. Rogers also offers hydrant repair and installation, and they have the capability of repairing hydrants under pressure. For more information on Rogers' new sewer maintenance program, complete with mapping, cleaning, and camera inspecting, visit rogershydrantservice.com. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest, that was me. Just a downright irresponsible and plain bad coach. Then, SM Athletics changed the game. I want you to picture this. I walk into their store, a coach with a vision. SM Athletics didn't just see a coach. They saw a team's potential. And they delivered custom uniforms so striking. Our team's spirit soared. From cutting-edge apparel to top-notch equipment, SM Athletics transformed our presence. No more unreliable online orders or envying the other team's style. SM Athletics stands for quality, design, and on-time delivery every time. Coaches, elevate your team with SM Athletics. Call 865. 966-3434 or visit smathletics.com. Get the best for your team. Delivered right and on time. So, elevate your team's game by contacting SM Athletics today. They are our love bugs and companions. They are our pets, our family, and they make life better. When we face unexpected challenges, so do our pets. That's why we're on a mission to support people and their pets. Whether donating a bag of kibble, sharing an Instagram post of a lost cat, or welcoming a foster pet into your home, every bit of kindness counts. Visit petsandpeopletogether.org to learn how to be a helper in your community. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. I'm vanilla, baby. I'll choke you, but I ain't no killer, baby. She 28, telling me I'm still a baby. I get love in Detroit like Skiller, baby. And the thing about your boy is, I don't like no whips and chains, and you can't tie me down. But you can whip your loving on me. That's right, that's right. Whip your loving on me. Young J A C K A K A Rico like Suave, Young Enrique speaking at A K A. She's an alpha, but not around your boy. She could quiet around your boy. Hold on, don't know what you heard or what you thought about your boy, but they lied about your boy going down. All right, back here on overtime on a Tuesday night. A lot to talk about today. What seemed as if we were only going to talk about the the South Carolina game tonight around what twelve o'clock, two o'clock, Something one o'clock. Like that, yeah. Um, Sports Illustrated, who recently uh, announced they were probably going out of business, uh, decided to drop one more bombshell real quick uh, before wrapping things up. That the University of Tennessee is immersed in another NCAA investigation of potential rules violations that is a major in nature. Uh, sources told Sports Illustrated the case involves, quote, multiple sports and includes scrutiny of name, image, and likeness benefits for athletes. Uh, Details are scarce on what Tennessee is potentially facing in the latest case, including the number of involved sports. Um, A source familiar with inquiry tells Sports Illustrated that Tennessee does not believe it has committed any violations in the NIL realm. The source cited NCAA guidance in that involving area as vague and contradictory. Uh, The recruitment of Vols quarterback Nico Imaliava is said to be one of the possible reasons for the investigation, but Donnie Plowman... Off the top rope. Woke up and chose violence today in a letter to President Baker 
She reads, The leaders of intercollegiate athletics owe it to student-athletes and their families to establish clear rules and, act, and to act in their best interest. Instead, two and a half years of vague and contradictory NCAA memos, emails, and guidance about name, image, and likeness has created extraordinary chaos that student-athletes and institutions are struggling to navigate. In short, the NCAA is failing. Now, this was a, a, a letter that there's more to it as well, but um, I think we're all kind of in Dondi's camp here. Um, look, we've been talking about this ever since NIL and Transfer Portal and all this new age of college football was put in place. There are no rules or regulations at all, and it's a free-for-all, and that's why we see multiple players hopping in and out of the portal. Uh, it becomes a, beat, a, a bidding war over uh, quarterbacks and linebackers and defensive ends. We've seen it with our own players. Uh, Tyler Barron chooses Ole Miss. Oh, wait, I'm going to go to Louisville now. It's, it's ridiculous. And it has taken away what makes college football college football because it's ungoverned and it's un, unregulated. There's no issue with players being paid. I'm actually for it. I think they should and deserve to be. Um, but without rules and regulations put in place, there will continue to be this gray area of what you can and can't do and how, it, how these players and teams go about it. And to me, hearing this report today, not only is Sports Illustrated's article that they released uh, not very, uh, doesn't have very many facts at all. It's just a bunch of hearsay of what was reported and what was told by source. Um, they don't even know what it's about. They, the initial report said multiple sports involved, then another one comes out and said it's about Nico. No one really knows what it is, and I think the only people know are Donnie Plowman, Danny White, and the people who were in that meeting today. Yeah. Um, so I think that this is an opportunity for some of these sites to bring in some uh, clicks and bring in some traffic, and this is a report that is not complete and I really don't think should have been published. Because if you are lacking evidence and lacking structural uh, facts, I mean, why, why, why even bother posting it? Um, and this has now caused a stir amongst college football. We saw similar uh, Florida happen last week yeah. with uh, Jaden Jalen Rashada. Yeah. Um, so we think it's similar in that realm of uh, how Nico was brought in. But at the same time, uh, there were no rules and regulations put in place and in in 2022, I think they put something into where you couldn't uh, necessarily have uh, a certain amount of money or a certain amount of contact with a, a player, but Nico was recruited before that, so I, I don't think that, that that should be a wash. Um, your, you guys' reactions on the article and the report, and I guess also uh, what Don D. Plowman clacked back with. Yeah, I'll tell you what, with. my thoughts have changed, I think, over the course of the day. When, when the first reports came out, uh, considering, number one, who they came from, and, and number two, the substance or lack of substance in the articles that came out earlier, uh, I was not you know, really really on board with it. I was kind of dismissing it. Well, you know, they, they drop a bombshell. There's not much to it. Uh, now, as stuff started to develop, as, as bigger figures started to pick it up, it is at least the slightest bit concerning, uh, you know, when a guy like Pete Thamel picks up a story. There's some kind of yeah. some mm. kind of material to this. Um, now, granted, he does cite the Sports Illustrated article in his report, um, 
But then once the letter from Donny Plowman comes out, I was concerned. Uh, she used the word allegations. She did not use the word investigation in the article. She used the word uh, allegations, uh, which is not a great sign. That means the NCAA is getting ready to levy potential allegations against Tennessee. Now, will they backtrack on that now that an article is out? We'll have to see. Uh, with no notice of allegations, I mean, we can't really do much. Uh, we don't know what they're going to be accusing Tennessee of mm. uh, at this point. Uh, apparently, it, it's something major for Donny Plowman to, to warrant this kind of response. Um, an incredible, by the way, three-page response. Um, and for the listeners, if you haven't read the full thing yet, please go read the full thing. Uh, it is incredible from yeah. start to finish. Um, she uses the words, what is it, uh, intellectually dishonest, yes. intellectually failing, yeah, Let's something see. like that, yeah. over and over and over Flawed. and over again. Yeah. Um, I, I do believe UT has solid ground. Uh, I don't think there's any real risk here, especially based on what has been cited in some of these articles as the you know, impermissible benefits mm-hmm. given over the course of Nico's recruitment. Um, and we, we talked about you know the fact that there's just been no guardrails. Right. Without guardrails, there's not much anyone can really do, especially for a kid that, recru- that was committed almost two years ago. Yeah. He yeah. committed in April of 2022. Now you want to bring allegations in January of 2024, yeah. almost two years after – it's a bit odd, um, personally, mm-hmm. the timing. Um, but it is refreshing, I think, to see that the university leadership, they've dug their heels in and they did it immediately. Uh, this right. is not something we had in the past um, where, where an administration was willing to fight this. Um, they're they're going to go uh, toe-to-toe with the NCAA. I imagine we'll hear something from Danny White here in the next yeah. probably 48 hours yeah. or so as he digests the details. There was that meeting with the enforcement staff on campus today. So we'll get more in the next couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now... You concerned a little bit, but not really, based on what we've heard. I mean, the initial thing for me was seeing the multiple sport thing. Yeah. That kind of threw me for a loop. I'm like, how far of an in, how far into an investigation are you already? If you're already finding out, oh, there's violations from multiple of these sports, and I mean, we're talking about uh, a sports or an athletic department that like was went through hell a couple years a couple years ago, on, thanks to the Pruitt era uh, staffing stuff. And I mean, uh, you know that they complied with everything there. Things washed over. I think grievances have been made. Everybody's on a level-headed playing field almost. But I mean, this one just catches me as weird, especially knowing what this athletic department's already gone through and maybe the precautions that they're taking to not go through that again. I just find it really odd to see that it's popping up now. Um, but yeah, it's it seems to again, it's still very vague. It's still kind of blurry about all the details. So I, I wouldn't take anything and run with it just yet. Uh, but knowing that uh, Chancellor Plowman uh, just went out and dunked on these on the NCAA like that, uh, maybe a little bit worrisome. But you know, uh, at, le- at least this, uh, I guess administration yeah administration has a little bit has a little bit of a backbone to it now the very ending of plowman's letter i think is significant as well and i'll read it here as you have seen in our previous dealings with the ncaa when we are wrong at the university of tennessee we admit it we spent more than one million dollars on outside counsel to investigate previous problems discovered in our football program that were reported to me personally and self-reported the entire case to the ncaa In fact, just last year, and I think this is the most important part of this whole thing, uh, in just last year, the Division I Committee of Infractions, as well as the NCAA enforcement staff, cited uh, exemplatory um, cooperation by the University of Tennessee and said we set the standard other schools should follow. So 
I, I think that in itself right there, that little tidbit of, of setting an example for other schools to follow, and now just a couple months later, you're throwing them back into the fire and saying that they're not reporting things and, and, and um, hiding things. I, I don't understand that either. So I think Plowman uh, raises a couple really good points. You know, that Tennessee has been very cooperative in, in, year, in years past. And if there was something going on once again that they were aware of and knew that they were uh, breaking the rules, then it probably wouldn't report it as well back when it happened. And keep in mind, around that same time as when Nico's recruitment was going on. So um, I, I think that Plowman did a really good, really good job standing up for Tennessee and, and really standing ground because when all this noise comes out and all these reports, it's, it's easy to get trumped by the media. But I think Plowman responded very. I don't know how she typed all that out that quickly. That's a, <laughs> and that's a very fiery letter. I'm sure her PR. That's team, a woman on a mission. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure her PR team's great. But seriously, um, I, I thought it was a really justified statement and and proves that you know they were kind of caught off guard by this as well. Um, so uh, are we buying? Going back to the Sports Illustrated report and, and the the ones that have followed, um, you know, as we mentioned, not a lot of information in those reports. They say multiple sports are involved, uh, but at the same time, others are reporting that Nico's the the, the primary factor yeah. here. So, uh, all these reports as a whole, are we buying such a vague and uncredited report? Not really. Uh, and just real quickly, for, for if anybody has not read exactly what they're the only claim I could find in the original article uh, is. The investigation is focused in part on the use of a private jet by a so-called donor collective, I'm assuming we are going to take that to be Spire, Probably. Uh, to fly a high-profile recruit, now the school's starting quarterback, that's Nico, to campus while the university was wooing him. Having the booster group pay for the trip by the quarterback, Nico Yamaliava, would be a violation of NCAA rules. That's the only specific like claim I could even find in that article. It's all just vague, well, the NCAA is looking into it. Well, what are they looking into? Well, a plane trip. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so just for reference, that is the claim in the article, and so for me, I just I'm I'm not really I'm not really too invested in it yet. Again, mm-hmm. I think we're going to hear more of the next couple of days. Uh, it, it was interesting to see that the enforcement team was on campus today. I did not think that until obviously Dondi Plowman told uh, told everyone that in her letter following the uh, following the news dropping. So there has to be some substance. Now, how much substance? I guess we'll see if the NCAA decides to back off or if they decide to push forward and levy a notice of allegations. And obviously, that will say a lot. Uh, again, there's very few actual details. Yeah. Um, this is really weird. I mean, with the Pruitt scenario, we got pretty much all the details right off the bat. We yeah. knew exactly mm-hmm. what was going on. It all turned out to be true. And then obviously, we have that entire investigation that leads to the entire regime basically being kicked out the door uh, mm-hmm. and us becoming a model for exemplary institutional control. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we're going to get more over the next couple of days. Again, I'm sure we'll be talking about this a lot yeah. um, <laughs> over the next few days. Uh, tomorrow or the day after, I figure we'd get some more detail, uh, mm-hmm. whether that's from the NCAA or whether that's from Tennessee's administration. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've already started to force the NCAA's hand, I think, with this response saying, well, we're going to fight it. Uh, whatever you decide to bring, we're going to fight. So if that's if that's the NCAA saying, all right, well, we have to put out our allegations now, or if that's mm-hmm. UT saying, well, we're just going to go ahead and put out in the air what you told us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to get some more, I imagine, pretty quickly. I, I think, in, like initially, absolutely not. I, I don't uh, buy this at all. Maybe down the road, like you said, once we start getting more things in. But the the one thing about this is, like, it's mainly 
I know in uh, Ch- Chancellor Plowman's letter that she said uh, the NCAA is doing it retroactively uh, for the NIL space. And, I mean, this NIL space has, like you said, William, it's been kind of like the Wild West out there. I mean, you can throw money and you can just let it sit there, and th- these kids are making decisions based on money. Uh, so I, I think that's still something that needs to be changed. I think it needs to be regulated. Uh, otherwise, you know, schools are going to have all the power in the world, kind of like uh, in this situation right here. I think Tennessee has – uh, has the hand to to play right here because I mean there's still no rules with NIL for the most part. Now, granted, they have like statewide stuff uh, depends on the state. There are some limitations and stuff, but besides that, the NCAA doesn't really have anything to lean up against. Uh, so I mean, yeah, I'm just not buying it. I don't think they have anything concrete enough for anything right now. In terms of the reports, and I know I said they, they shouldn't have been published. Look, if there's a lead or something um, to report, then then do it. But if you don't have all the facts, then you know going into conclusions of it's a multi-sport thing, and then it comes out an hour later that it's not multi-sport. It has to do with Nico. Like having too many differences in stories just shows that it probably was not ready to be published and not ready. Uh, to to be reported because there's it's still a moving process and and uh, you know if the NCAA were to come out and say we're now investigating this then I understand it but saying that the NCAA is going to investigate because of these things and then it's reported in all different ways for a a consumer of media it's hard to uh, believe a, a, a source that's coming out with stuff and then another source says different uh, a different iteration is just a little bit odd. Mm. Um, so do I buy the concrete story of there's something going on? Yes, I do. But I'm not buying the the details in these reports because I don't think they quite frankly know. And I don't think really anyone knows. And, and back to what we said earlier, the only thing the only people I think actually know are Donnie Plowman, Danny White, and the people they met with in the NCAA committee. Those are only people that I think have the real concrete details here. Um, so I'm not buying such a, a vague and uncredited report at the moment, do, though I do buy the, 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 the concrete uh, story overall, just that there might be something going on. Um, now let's, let's kind of move over to what this does for Tennessee's football season because uh, we're all excited about it. The Tennessee fan base is very excited about it. Um, this is a really good football team that we could very well uh, watch this season, and and you know our aspirations are farther than just a, a ten win season. We want to be in the college football playoff. We don't want to be on the couch in in Knoxville. We want to be uh, in the seats of Neyland Stadium watching a college football playoff game. Uh, what could this possibly mean? for the Vols' upcoming football season? Not a lot for 2024. Even if the NCAA does decide to to do an investigation, they would have to severely expedite their process to get anything done by the beginning of 2024. Uh, I mean, we saw how long the Pruitt investigation took, two and a half years to get a solution. Um, You know, obviously they would expedite it a bit considering the the player at hand here, if it is about Nico, uh, they would expedite it a bit. There's no way they get anything done by the beginning of football season. Mm. Um, Now, it it hangs a bit of a cloud over it, I think. Certainly, you have to to acknowledge it. Uh, The fan base is going to have to probably deal with it throughout the course of the summer months, especially leading up to the season. Um, But it it would not be done by football season. Uh, There's just no way. Um, it's unprecedented for them to get an investigation done quite mm-hmm. that quickly. 
Um, if they drop the allegations, I would think it'd be bulletin board material for the players in that locker room, for for Nico in that locker room, mm-hmm. for the coaching staff, for the fan base. It, that becomes it already is. I mean, we we've seen the response from uh, from Vol Twitter today. Yeah. Uh, you you know what you're getting out of them. It's already a bulletin board material for them. Um, but for the players, I think it is as well. If this gets dropped, you know, well, hey, they're after us too. Let's go win some games and prove everybody wrong. Uh, it, it, that's if they drop it. It's going to be interesting to see what the administration decides to do. Uh, if they decide to go into more detail, they, they're obviously fighting it. So if they decide to, to uh, give us more detail about that meeting that happened today on campus, that would tell us a lot. Um, but until we get more from them, it's not going to do a lot for 2024, I don't think. Yeah, like you said, if anything, it's probably going to just light a fire, fire under the boys because, I mean, uh, nobody likes to be accused of cheating or doing anything wrong. And, I mean, no. it's not like these guys uh, asked for that to happen if it did. So, I mean, uh, regardless, I, I think I think the team can uh, use this as some fuel, uh, especially when they're worried about getting into a college football playoff, like you said, William. I, I think uh, that can really churn some things out, win some win some. Of those like low or those one score games that uh, maybe we haven't seen uh, in prior years under Pruitt under that uh, I guess that cheating scandal you know trying to roll that over but uh, yeah like you said I, I think this is mainly just just fuel for it I mean yeah there's going to be fan bases using it on Twitter but I mean besides that until. Uh, we get to the bottom of this, I, I don't think too much is going to change for this specific football season. A quick score update real quick between South Carolina and Tennessee. South Carolina leads Tennessee 7-5 to with 14-43 remaining in the first half. Uh, South Carolina opened up on a 7-0 run. Uh, the Vols have responded with a Dalton Connect 3 to make it 7-5. to um, I, I think that you know, when you look at the, the college football season upcoming and an investigation pending, these investigations take a while um, you know, that Pruitt thing took for forever, and it really didn't get put in place until a couple of years after he'd already – or I guess a year or two after he'd already been gone. Um, so I, I don't think it directly affects this year's team. And really, I, I'd be shocked if there were, um, you know, penalties such as a postseason ban and stuff like that. I think if anything were to come out of this, it would be recruiting-related. Um I, that, that's just my initial opinion. Obviously, it, it could change. But um, in terms of this season, I don't think there's going to be much effect on it uh, with how that process goes. And obviously, Tennessee seems uh, very fiery about it, so I don't think they're going to let down easy. <laughs> yeah. um, so this, this could very well go on for a while if it even uh, gets to that point because um, Tennessee very open today about how they're denying this and, and saying they have no involvement with it. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that goes on. Any more comments you want to Yeah, add? for me, the only thing hanging me up, and you say you don't think there's going to be a postseason, man. For me, the only thing hanging me up is that typically when we've seen the NCAA punish a team for the first time for certain violations, we have seen them make an example out of certain teams. I'm not saying that would happen here, um, but I'm saying it could be on the table. Um, especially with a response like this, I think, out of the administration um, to fight this uh, if they do decide to go forward with something. I'm not saying it would be anything really major. It's certainly not going to be the death penalty uh, by any means. But, you know, you, you could see that thrown around. Um, I think it will mostly be recruiting. But, again, mm. you never know with the NCAA at this point. They, they've gone rogue a few times already. Uh, it seems like they're doing so again uh, to try to make an example out of someone so that they can set NIL guardrails. I'm not sure. Again, we have to wait to see the details, but that's just what has hanging me up. Yeah, I feel like it kind of, it kind of might be like the Pruitt deal the, a, few, a couple years ago where they take away some scholarship spots, but besides that, like full-on postseason ban, I don't really think we see just a full-fledged one. To me, I think 
uh, as uh, Jake Miller walks in real quick and joins us. What's up, Jake? Um, he's outside the window. Um, I, I, is it crazy for me to think that Tennessee's too big of a brand to have that happen to them, though? Because, look, think of Michigan. They didn't really – I mean, and they're going to face another upcoming investigation about this right. season, mm-hmm. and they very well could get their title stripped um, if that were to happen. But I don't see them making a fool and making a statement out of their – big money-making teams, Michigan, Tennessee, Florida, all teams that are right now involved in some possible uh, investigations here. And those are some of your biggest programs in your in, in college football. And I, I know that's not necessarily fair to the other teams that might not have as big of a brand, but I think it's worth asking, like, are you really going to you know drop the hammer down on Michigan, Tennessee, Florida, those are your biggest brands in college football and have been for years and 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 and, and centuries. You know, I or I guess not centuries, decades. decades. But um, <laughs> but you, you know what I mean. You know, what I know I mean. What you mean. um, yeah, they've been playing football for centuries. Oof. Um, but they've been, I mean, they've been at the top of the college football role for decades. I just have a hard time seeing they're going to lay some hammer down here. Is that is that ridiculous? It's, it's not as much like that. I'm guaranteeing they're going to make an example. I, I know. I know. It's I know. more just that. Yeah, I have to consider the possibility. Um, again, I think it's very unlikely, even at this point, that anything goes through. I mean, mm-hmm. they've basically been caught red-handed at this point in the middle of an investigation mm-hmm. uh, by mostly Dondi Plowman um, mm-hmm. yeah. after they met on campus today. So they're either now their their hand is forced. They either now have to say something about it. You know, probably in the next couple days, I would think scramble to get something mm-hmm. out, or they have to drop it completely um, and back off of it. Um, and I just I don't it, it forces their hand a little bit. I don't know what they'll do if they do go through with it, but I have to at least consider the possibilities. Well, it also makes me think about the response Tennessee gave today. If there were actually some something that was going on, I don't think we would have seen such a fiery response from mm-hmm. Tennessee and an no, immediate so one at that too. Because yeah. if you knew you were guilty about it, then going out and making a large statement where everyone can see it. And basically attacking the NCAA, that's probably not your best way if you're trying to avoid a penalty. So I also look at that as, okay, I think Tennessee thinks we're fine as well. Um, And and obviously that could just be to to settle everyone down and and try to fight it. But if you're on the the heels of a possible penalty, then I would not want to piss off the people that have the opportunity to lay the hammer down. Um, So that gives me a little bit of a – uh, maybe not a saving grace, but just it feels a little bit better that, okay, yeah. um, they're willing to go in and attack this thing because they, they think they've been wrongly accused. And, you know, I, I think if they were guilty, then it, it might be a different scenario. Um, Jace, real quick update on the score right there. Uh, it is tied 9-9. Uh, Tennessee's going to be inbounding under the South Carolina basket, trying to make a move here before the under-12 timeout. All right. When we come back, we'll give our best bets of the night. Stay right here on Overtime. White Claw is taking hard seltzer to new heights with White Claw Surge. At 8% alcohol, White Claw Surge is a stronger wave of refreshment that doesn't compromise on taste. Available in four bold waves of flavor like ripe blackberry, citrusy blood orange, zesty natural lime, and tart cranberry. Check out your favorite retailer in-store and online for the White Claw Surge Variety 12-pack and 16-ounce single-serve cans. White Claw Surge, please drink responsibly. Is your home's exterior in need of a makeover? If so, it's time to call North Knox Siding and Windows. Transform your home's curb appeal with premium siding options. From classic to modern styles, they've got something to suit every taste. Upgrade to energy-efficient windows that'll keep your home comfortable all year round 
while saving you money on your energy bills. North Knox Siding and Windows, get ready to fall in love with your home all over again. Online at North Knox Siding and Windows, are you ready to elevate your driving experience? Then you need to head over to your hometown dealership, Parkside Kia, home of the lifetime warranty. Discover the latest Kia cars and SUVs where technology meets style. Our friendly staff is here to make your car buying experience a breeze. Don't wait. Visit Parkside Kia today and drive home in the Kia of your dreams. Check them out online at parksidekia.com and visit their showroom at 9929 Parkside Drive. Parkside Kia where your journey begins. Are you tired of looking at that piece of furniture that is wore down, but you don't want to get rid of it? Go see our friends at Sun Upholstery and Fabric. Locally and family owned and operated with over 67 years of combined experience. Located at 8913 Oak Ridge Highway. Give them a call today at 865-237-3272 or visit them online at fabricsun.com. That's fabricsun.com and be sure to tell Stan that you heard about him right here on Fan Run Radio. Are you ready to make your dream home a reality? Hi, I'm Bo Kregner, and here at the Kregner Group at Realty Executives, we know that finding the perfect home is more than just a transaction. It's about finding your sanctuary, your future, your happiness. Our team is dedicated to guiding you every step of the way, ensuring a smooth and stress-free journey towards home ownership. Whether you're buying, selling, or investing, we're here to help. Call me anytime at 865-742-1035 or just visit us online at bonoshouses.com. Rogers Utility Solutions, a division of Rogers Hydrant Service, is a family-run Tennessee-based business since 2015. Now serving municipalities and residences in 14 states, Rogers offers fire hydrant flow testing, distribution flushing, and maintenance programs in accordance with ISO standards. Rogers also offers hydrant repair and installation, and they have the capability of repairing hydrants under pressure. For more information on Rogers new sewer maintenance program complete with mapping cleaning and camera inspecting visit rogershydrantservice.com back here on overtime we've got a special guest in the house jake miller back in the house welcome back jake what's up man i mean it feels weird being in this chair you know i'm used to sitting in your chair i know you know that's the <laughs> seat that i held for a year and a half so uh feels good to be back in here you know you uh you know you drop your your old lady off at the game and you realize it's uh i might need to make a pit stop there for something so we just <laughs> we made it happen yeah uh 24 7 bathrooms here at uh at Van Run Radio. Yeah, Van Radio. <laughs> as long as that gate's open huh? yeah as long as the gate's open hey at least i got a key oh, yeah. yeah it's all matters. <laughs> All right, it's time for our best bets of the night. I'll begin with Ball State money line tonight. They're playing the Bowling Green uh, Eagles tonight. Eight and two against the spread at home is uh, Ball State, and Bowling Green has dropped two straight games. I like Ball State at home, where they've been really good against the spread. Uh, give me Ball State, Dawson. Illinois minus three and a half at the Ohio State Buckeyes. So Ohio State back to back really bad conference losses. Illinois hitting their stride even despite the Terrence Shannon situation. They're becoming one of the elite teams in college basketball. I think they're still a little bit underranked at fourteen. Yeah. Um, expect them to go on the road. I like that number as well. Three and a half. Yeah. I'm, I'm also got uh, Illinois minus three and a half for that exact same reason. I mean they're they're feeling like a certified tourney team at this point. I mean I don't think there's any uh, question in that. Uh, I'll go with a different pick here. I've got Marquette plus one and a half at Villanova. Uh, uh, David Joplin has got back-to-back 20-point games, uh-huh. and Villanova has just been so inconsistent. Now, granted, they've been really, really good at home, uh, but I, I do think that the Golden Eagles take it to them tonight. 
All right, next up, Colorado State minus two for me. The Rams have been primarily an offensive-focused team, uh, shooting 36% from downtown and almost 58% from inside the arc. San Diego State's got a good defense, um, but they're allowing their 104th and defensive open three rate this season, uh, and Colorado State ranks top 50 across the board in offense. They're back at home, a tough loss against Wyoming. I don't know if y'all had a chance to see it, Mm. but they were up by five with, like, two seconds left, and they were able to somehow lose that game. Uh, multiple fouls, multiple mm. tip-ins, and a three. It was ridiculous. Colorado State coming <laughs> off a loss, back at home against the San Diego State team. They need a win. Um, Col- Colorado State, minus two. Jake? So right now, I'm going to take Dayton at minus 13 at home tonight. You know, they come off uh, yeah. a really tough loss this weekend. You know, everybody knows I'm a big mid-major basketball guy. Mm-hmm. You know, got to go see VCU over the Christmas break, nice. and you know, got to Experienced the Richmond Coliseum, so that yeah. was a uh, that was fun. That was all fun. But uh, I like Dayton at minus thirteen tonight. You know, a get right game after losing to Richmond. You know, by I think it was like four or five points the other night. That was their their first conference loss of the year, which put Richmond at number one in their conference. So Dayton, this is a get right game for them. I'm taking them minus thirteen against the George Washington Revolutionaries. There you what go, Dawson. Awesome. By the way, uh, well, Jay stole my pick. I was going to take Marquette as well. Uh, quick oh, note on my steal each other's picks. Quick note, my, pick uh, quick note on the I Illinois like pick. It. It's down to two and a half. So take it at two and a half. Give me two and a half instead of three and a half uh, on that one. I'll pivot then. I'll go to North Carolina minus nine and a half on the road at Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, not a great team, not a great basketball team. North Carolina is one of the class teams in the country at this point. They've been beating people, especially on the road, by mm-hmm. a lot. You mm-hmm. know, 15, 20, 25 points uh, at nine and a half. It only means they got to win by double digits against a sub 500 Georgia Tech team. Fully expect them to walk in there and dominate and win. I mean, by at least ten. Did we have the same three picks with Marquette, Illinois? I, I had to audible to North Carolina. Oh, okay, I had, had an audible. I, I've, I've got UNC. I found UNC minus eight and a half Even at better. Georgia Tech. I'm going to take that. RJ Davis, man, he's just playing out of his mind right now. So I'm I'm rocking with them. They beat us. So I mean, why not beat a not very good Yellow Jacket squad? There's a lot of talk about Marquette, Marquette, Marquette. Villanova Moneyline is the oh. correct play tonight. This is a do-or-die spot for them. It is. Um, they they played really well at home. Marquette has been hot as of late, but they also struggle on the road. Uh, Villanova is a team that five just a little bit above 500. They've got some good wins, but if they want to make it to the tournament, they have to capitalize tonight. This is a do-or-die spot for them at home. You're getting a really small number. I think it's minus 125 at the money line. Um, I, I think it's too good of an opportunity here. Villanova Moneyline for me. My three, Ball State. Uh, Money line, Colorado State minus two, Villanova money line. Jake, you have any more? Uh, I'm actually going to go and pivot to the NBA here. I'm going to take the Philadelphia 76ers at plus three and a half yep. tonight. I really like that pick. I don't know why why they're the underdog in this game tonight, but we're going to rock with it. You know, that's uh, my fourth pick of the day mm-hmm. that yeah. I made on the GI Jake show earlier today. And we're actually keeping track of Marcus's bets now. Marcus, is I saw that. I saw that. I saw nice. That. Oh, four. Hard. All right, Dawson, Jace, give your recaps real uh, quick. Yeah, Illinois minus two and a half now, not three and a half, and North Carolina minus nine and a half. I guess it's mine. I'll I'll stick with Illinois minus three and a half. I'll be confident in them. Uh, Marquette plus one and a half at Villanova and. North Carolina minus eight and a half at Georgia Tech. All right, those are our best bets of the night. Uh, current score update: I've got sixteen fifteen. What do you got? Yes, that's exactly what okay. I got. Yeah. Make it, oh nope, DK missed a three, so we're sticking with that. Okay, so sixteen fifteen. Tennessee leads with about seven minutes remaining in the first half. When we come back, we'll talk about Ben Johnson staying with the Detroit Lions. Stay right here on overtime. 